everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a post-race version of the podcast with, well, myself, because uh, I am back home here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I had a delayed flight coming back from the Knoxville Nationals in Iowa last night, and I was able to follow the Michigan race um, via Twitter uh, the first couple stages, and then I got back home uh, pretty much for the whole last half of the race. Definitely all of stage three. I'm not exactly sure what lap, but uh, Kevin Harvick dominates the race, and he gets his seventh win of the season. That extends his career high, and now he has a five-point playoff point advantage on Kyle Busch. So that's a big day for Kevin Harvick, sweeping the stages, getting seven playoff points. That's something that's certainly going to come in handy this fall. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't seem like there was anything too dramatic about the race. You had um, Ty Dillon hitting the battery, perhaps, or whatever that was, um, in the middle of the track and going into the wall hard. Um, You had Martin Trex Jr. trying to stretch his fuel on a different strategy. Didn't work out. Cost him a good day. Meanwhile, Austin Dillon did have a good day. Uh, Looked like he was going to finish second, ultimately settles for a top five as Brad Keselowski gets second. Seems like the highlight that everybody will be talking about or replaying will be uh, Keelan getting the checkered flag and then taking a ride with his dad to Victory Lane, doing some Victory Lane interviews, pouring some water on Josh Jones, who is uh, Kevin Harvick's longtime right-hand man, business manager. So a very, very cute moment there. And uh, especially if Keelan grows up to be a, a driver someday, uh, much like Chase Elliott did with his dad, you'll, you'll be seeing that footage. Uh, I'm sure when he has a victory of his own driving around the track, holding the checkered flag out the window. So uh, that'll be something to remember. But overall, seemed like sort of a standard race for this season. Um, when you talk about the big three dominating, this was the 17th win for the big three this year in 23 races, you've got Kevin Harvick with seven, Kyle Busch with six, and Martin Truex Jr. with four. So those drivers continue to uh, outshine everyone for the most part on a week-to-week basis when you take away the three restrictor plate races that have been held this season. Only Clint Boyer with his two wins and Chase Elliott with his road course win have won a race other than the big three. So um, again, you know, you take away those, those plate wins and it's 17 out of 20 races that the big three have won. So uh, the dominance continues. Doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon. There is a little bit of hope perhaps with uh, Bristol coming up. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Is really good at Bristol. He's, he's very strong there. I think they've been looking at that as perhaps his one chance to uh, win his way into the playoffs. So, I think you could definitely see some some fireworks at Bristol next week. Uh, obviously, Kyle Busch is great there as well. And uh, it wouldn't be surprising at all to see the big three just go out and do their typical thing. But I'm saying there at least is a chance. Uh, and then Darlington is the next week um, after an off week, I guess I should say. And typically, the cream of the crop rises uh, up at Darlington. And unless there's a crazy race at Indianapolis like there was last year where Casey Kane won uh, this huge wreck fest, typically the the elite uh, win the Brickyard 400 as well. So I really look at Bristol next week as sort of the last chance for somebody to win their way in unless there's some uh, crazy development. But ultimately, um, no, no real surprises there today. 
Uh, I, I will admit maybe I'm a little bit spoiled because I just probably watched the best race I've ever seen in my entire life last night at the Knoxville Nationals. I do want to talk about that a little bit, talk about that experience. And in order to do that, let's go back in time to last night where I recorded a half a podcast with Ross Weiss of the World of Outlaws. All right, everybody, I'm here at Knoxville Raceway in Iowa with the great Ross Weiss, the video <laughs> guy for the World of Outlaws. Uh, Ross, um, dude, I, I feel like I just see, saw one of the best races of my life. I'm sort of at a loss for words here. Um, you see the Outlaws regularly, like all the time. Um, is this like an exceptional race or is this normal or like did I see something special here? Yeah, you you definitely saw something special tonight. Um, in any any time the word Knoxville is involved, uh, it's going to be special. That's a a name and a location that carries a, a, a lot of weight for people in the sprint car world, and uh, even beyond Knoxville, the the weight that the Knoxville Nationals carries. Um, if by the time someone hears this, if they've seen the video or the the pictures of of Brad Sweet getting out of the car, you know, getting on top of the car in victory lane, his reaction to winning this race tells you everything you you need to know. About about this race and what it means to every one of these guys that were a part of it. I honestly, I, I'm like practically still shaking from watching all this, and it's been probably uh, 30 minutes since the checker now and stuff. But I mean, this was such a thrilling uh, event the way it went down. You had early in the race, probably the two best drivers in the world, um, Kyle Larson and Donnie Schatz, slide jobbing each other all over the place for a great battle behind Brad Sweet, who was driving away at the time. And then uh, at the end, you know, it's, it's like, oh, maybe shots is catching him a little bit. But, you know, he's still Brad's still got a comfortable lead. All of a sudden, red flag, green, white checkered. And it's like, OK, well, you know, the whole crowd just like groaned. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, oh, geez, Donnie Shots is going to win his 11th. Probably. We've seen this before. And then improbably. Brad Sweet is able to hold him off. I know you didn't get to watch the last two laps because you were filming his crew. Yes. You had to sacrifice that for yourself, but you got the cool moment of, of his crew. Hopefully that video will be up sometime. Absolutely. See it. Yep. Um, but so I, I guess did, when, when that was starting, though, are you thinking, well, shots is shots again because you've seen this before? I, that, that, that's, that, I think that's part of it. Yeah. It's, you know, if you've been to any number of Knoxville Nationals, you, you'll never count out Donnie Schatz in that 15 car. And, um, you know, even, you know, Brett Sweet led 48 laps prior, but, every, you know, here comes Donnie, green, white, checkered. Here, you know, here we go again. Um, I think there's there's plenty of people that maybe like to get their, their hopes up early that they're going to see someone not named Donnie Schatz win the Knoxville Nationals, and they've they've had their hearts broken 10 times in the past. But um, it's it was... Uh, just to to hear the crowd as I was doing my thing, I figured it wasn't Donnie that won the race. Because <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. it's it's that that's what's so great about Knoxville is that this the way the whole crowd get, gets into it and being when you can hear the crowd over 24, 25 of these sprint cars out there. I mean, it's it's a feeling unlike anything else you get anywhere, and it's uh, it was definitely one of the moments tonight. Yeah, I it just seems surreal that this all happened. I mean, the way it did. Um, to hold off the best in the world like that, uh, shots was on the outside. Sweets completely committed to the bottom for the final two laps, and it looks like shots going to get him off the final corner. And Sweet nips him uh, by the second closest finish in Knoxville Nationals history. Um, I mean, Brad, Brad Sweet had to run the two best laps of his life wow. to win the Knoxville Nationals. Is what it came down to. That's I've got a, a group chat 
uh, full of some some racing buddies and uh, Christopher Bell. That's he he commented afterwards. He's like in the he, in the text message. He said, "What he just did is the hardest thing you would ever have to do. You have to hit the two hardest laps of your life on one of the hardest bottom grooves to hit in sprint car racing against one of the best guys to ever drive a sprint car running right behind you." And and Brad Sweet pulled 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 it off. And uh, wow, just what what a race! Unbelievable. Well. Um, you know, you you see these guys every week, as I mentioned. Uh, where where does this put Brad Sweet for you? Um, obviously, you know he he's had I, I don't know if you could say like a journeyman career at times, but um, he's not Donnie Shots. He's not winning all the time. He he wins a decent amount of races per year and, and is a contender seemingly every week or, or right up there. But uh, this is obviously the biggest win for him. Um, what does what does this do for his life or career? Um, I mean, if you win the Knoxville Nationals, you're immortal in the in the sprint car world i mean it's just that that simple there's you look at the name the i mean for the 58 year history of this race there's not many guys that have managed to to win it by the time you factor in that donnie won it 10 times steve kinzer won it 12 times there's there's not a whole lot of them left after that to go to a whole bunch of other guys so when you add your name to the short list of drivers that have managed to make that turn into victory lane at this racetrack you're immortal in, in our world, and that's what Brad Sweet did tonight. And I mean, he's already built an outstanding career for himself. He's, he's got a King's Royal win in the past. He's got countless other outlaw wins throughout his career. But when you win the Knoxville Nationals, yours is a name that will never be forgotten. Um, you you do a podcast as well, uh, just like I do, but yours is um, pretty cool one. It's called Open Red, and you're talking to these guys every week and have different guests on. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do with that podcast? Yeah, we um we have kind of one featured guest every week, and we try to have a you know kind of a a deep dive with that guest. So we're we're not really a, a a news of the week on the Outlaw Tour type show. We try to have a guest who may or may not be relevant to the part of the country that that the series is in that 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 weekend, and try to go thirty forty five minutes or an hour in you know in depth talk, talking to them about you know their backstory and their their journey that got them to where they are in dirt track racing t- today and uh we've been at it for about two years we're about 110 111 episodes deep into the thing we put a show out every monday or tuesday uh most times and uh i mean me and uh my my co-worker justin fiedler we, we have an absolute blast doing it every week um it's we've gotten to talk to some outstanding people who i never thought i'd have the chance to ever have an actual conversation with in spring car racing and uh we have quite a bit of fun doing that thing every week so you know you uh, have been in this for a while. Um, it, it seems like people here feel like everything is going in the right direction for the sprint car world, um, that it's growing positively. Everything's getting better. Um, wh- why, why do you think it's going so well right now? Like what's, what's working for the world of outlaws and sprint cars in general? It's just such a, I, I don't know if, if pure is the word I want, but it, it's such a, such a pure form of, of of motorsport, I mean, it's 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 absolute insanity what these guys do. And I mean, to 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 quote the line that you used in one of your articles this week, there it's a a bare seat strapped into a rocket ship or something to that effect. And it's 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 absolute insanity to strap yourself into one of these things. But it's absolutely amazing to sit and watch it. Um, and you know, there's there's you know they often thrown about reasons for sprint cars rising popularity about you know shorter attention spans and shorter races and you know there's and maybe there's some credit to some of that but it's 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 down home it's you know I I, I hate a word like grassroots but it's it's 
hometown grassroots racing. It's it's not it doesn't it doesn't try to be anything it's not. It's it's sprint car racing isn't this, you know, big prim and and polished industry in in every area. So there's some places it is, but um, most times it's it's easy to, you know, if you want to meet your your star, you know, if you want to meet your favorite driver, you're not you're not waiting for some scheduled meet and greet for the chance to maybe get in there. It's go find them at their t-shirt trailer. They'll probably be the one handing you the shirt you, you just bought, or you'll probably find them just walking around the midway and there won't be some army of people keeping you from them. And it's, it's, it's just so it's the, the barrier of entry to, to being a fan of sprint car racing is, is a pretty low one and pretty easy to achieve. And it, it's really easy to fall in love with. Yeah. That's super cool. Well, I think you can count me now among the people who fall in love with We're that. We're glad to have you. I'm, it's it's pretty impressive. So, Ross, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on, on a really busy night. Thank you, man. Glad to be here, and uh, it's a cool podcast you do. Glad to be a part of it. Thank you. All right, everybody. I'm back in present time now in Portland, Oregon at my apartment, and um, thank you for listening to the Knoxville Nationals portion of the podcast, especially if you're a NASCAR fan who may not be super into that, but I tell you what. Uh, anybody has got to put the Knoxville Nationals on their bucket list because it was honestly spectacular. It was probably one of the best, most enjoyable weekends overall that I've ever had covering racing. Just uh, such a cool atmosphere, as we touched on, and, and the racing, obviously, spectacular. Uh, just had a really good vibe and really good feeling. Uh, coming away from that weekend and, and actually kind of miss it already, I just enjoyed uh, the four days there of, of the build-up to it and uh, – it's really fun stuff. Knoxville Nationals, folks. Uh, get to Iowa sometime. You got to do it at least once, I think. Anyway, in honor of the Knoxville Nationals, I think I'm going to actually change things up a little bit this week for the next podcast. You know, typically I go in order of the 12 questions because the driver asks a question for the next person. However, uh, I happened to record a podcast before the Knoxville Nationals with the eventual winner, Brad Sweet. So it seems appropriate that I should probably try to run that as soon as possible. Uh, just seize the moment a little bit there. So I think I'm going to jump out of order and run the Bra- the Brad Sweet podcast as the 12 questions this week. Then we will go back to normal and uh, time shift things a, a little bit. So that will be the Tuesday podcast. And then Thursday, I'm telling you, it's going to be, I think, one of the best how I got here's of the season. And that is going to be with McKenna Hasse, who is a sprint car driver and team owner and a young woman who never was into racing until she met Casey Kane at a mall, not even really knowing who he was. Um, That's just the the tip of the iceberg for her incredible story. So um, I think that's something you'll be interested in checking out. And it's a it's sort of a longer podcast, about 30 minutes, I think. So that will be coming out on Thursday. Anyway, sorry I didn't have too much to say about the NASCAR race. Uh, Feel free to yell at me on Twitter if you think I was not doing it justice. Um, I tried to look at the angles. I just didn't know if there's too much uh, a ton to talk about there. Um, And I'll admit I'm, I'm on one hour of sleep. I stayed up all night to get to the airport, and then I was gonna catch my flight back home. And I slept about an hour on the plane, but um, I'm a little bit tired. So maybe I'm missing something. But uh, either way, we know that Bristol will be better next week. And Watkins Glen was 
great last week. So Michigan just sort of uh, sort of falls into the realm of Kentucky, perhaps on the, the not so great races. But you know, there's been a lot of good ones recently. So anyway, thank you guys for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. <laughs>